What is good, TFA fam? Robbie Jeffries here with one Kevin Steele and Christian Welch. Welcome into our second rankings dispute video. Today we are talking tight ends. We're going position by position, uh, kind of showing you guys the good and the bad side of these players. A lot of people talk just about, hey, why we like these players, why these players will be great for your fantasy team, but we don't always talk about the bad side. And that's what we're here to do today, give you great content. And so we are pumped up to talk about three tight ends here tonight. So let's dive right on in. The first guy, uh, we have a little bit larger of a discrepancy, right? With with tight ends, you don't have as many, right, as the wide receivers that we did uh, previously, but we're still pretty split. Uh, Christian, you were at tight end nine on Mike Gusecki. Kev, you were at tight end 13, and I'm all the way down at tight end 16 from Mike Gusecki. Uh, underdog ADP is at tight end 11. Uh, Christian, let's shoot it over to you first. Why are you so high on Mike Gusecki at tight end nine? Well, he really came on at the back end of last season once Tua got in there as the starter, and, and now we're having a full season with Tua as the starter. And like I said, it seemed like those guys had some chemistry at the back end of last season. The last six games of the year, Mike Kosicki was extremely productive. And then on the football end, I mean, this is a player that that I love. I mean, coming out of Penn State, this guy was an athletic freak. You know, not Kyle Pitts status, but, you know, kind of Kyle Pitts status before Kyle Pitts existed. This guy's combine numbers were insane. You know, so this is just an absolute freak tight end that's in the mold of the, you know, the George Kittles and the guys that we, we really love in fantasy. And, you know, he's been in the league for a few years now. He's gotten comfortable in that offense. And it seems like he's finally got some chemistry with a QB. So I'll take a guy that, you know, seems primed to, to really break out and enter the prime of his career. Kev, okay, we'll go to you next. Why, why are you kind of, you're, you're right there in the middle. You're kind of consensus. What are your thoughts on Mike Kosecki? Well, I think that having the the new targets that they, they added, right, the new weapons, uh, bringing in Will Fuller, I think is huge. And I think also not to mention the fact that they've, you know, Jalen Waddle also, they, they, you know, he's back. And so, or not back, but they drafted him. And so I don't think the opportunities are going to be there as, as plentiful um, as, as you may hope. Um, Devontae Parker is still there. And so, I mean, he could end up being fourth in the team in targets, third or fourth in targets uh, on this offense. And so while with, with tight ends, you know, it's not as, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like he's not going to see a hundred targets. We know that, but I mean, last year he only saw 86 targets and I mean, 80 or excuse me, 85 targets was 12th among all tight ends. He was 10th in routes run, which are two things that I really look for in tight ends with a 16% target share. But I just think that that's possible that, that he could drop a little bit lower than that. You know, he was okay last year, 53 receptions, 703 yards and six touchdowns. Like that's, that's fine for any tight end. Obviously we're not talking about the upper echelon, you know, elite level tight ends. I don't mind taking a shot at him if you want to take a stab at him, but I just don't know with now with all the, 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 the added weapons that they have there now. Like, I don't know if you're really going to be able to trust that on a week to week basis where last year he was kind of the guy for the most part, at least the number one or number two target. Now, I mean, you like I said, you can make a case that, you know, I think probably at least the number third, tar number three target on this team on a team that I don't know exactly Exactly how much they're going to throw the ball. Uh, I think it, again, I think it could be much more of a balanced attack uh, with with second year of Tua. You know, they, they have a pretty uh, a pretty damn good defense that I could see them leaning on a little bit and running the football, and so and being just more of a, a balanced offense. And so, with that being said, like I think there's uh, some other guys that I, I just value a little bit more than yeah, Kev. And I'll echo a lot of those thoughts where you know Gasecki had a little bit more. Um, he had less competition, right? So I think he had a little bit more of a target share when it was just Devontae Parker, a little bit of Preston Williams. It was kind of his show uh, to, to have those 89 targets two years ago, 85 last season. 
and now we bring in the two weapons that you talked about. They're going to push the field. Yes, the, the counter argument is that that will help him, um, but he already had 13.3 yards per reception. That's extremely high for a tight end, and I know he's not the traditional tight end. He's almost exclusively split out wide. Um, I don't know how much more that can increase, but uh, I'm just worried about where that volume goes. And so if you're talking about a guy that was already kind of end of uh, – tight end one status he was kind of right on that fringe anyways now we we lower that target share just a little bit um have different guys in there that can catch the ball and that Tua can lean on a little bit more that's where i just kind of bump him outside of that tight end one range and i think he's now in that pool where he can have you know tight end eight weeks but he can also if he doesn't score and he only gets the four or five targets he can also have tight end 20 weeks and i know that's a big pool but before uh, before they brought them in, I was I was thinking he's kind of in that that tier where I think most weeks he's going to be a tight end twelve or better, and so he just kind of falls out of that just a little bit for me um, here in twenty twenty one. The next tight end we will talk about is Janu Smith. Uh, obviously, we know he is in a new location there with the Patriots. Him and Hunter Henry holding it down. Uh, Christian, you are the high guy again at tight end eleven. Kev, you're at tight end fourteen, and once again, I'm the low guy here at tight end eighteen with the tight end 17 being the underdog ADP, a little bit closer to the back end range of our three rankings. So um, I'm going to flip it and I'll go first here. And my big knock here for Johnu is that um, we're on the one of the least pass happy teams in the NFL, right? With Cam at, at center, um, they had the second least attempts behind only the Baltimore Ravens. We now add in both Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, and I get it. The wide receiver core isn't great, and they can use both these guys as the two main targets, but um, we're talking about a team that just doesn't have a ton of attempts to go around, and there's two good ones there at tight end. Um, and then just the low passing uh, TD percentage that Cam showed last year. No, I do not think it will be 2.2%. Actually, uh, last night I, I was talking about how I think he improves more to the league average of 4.5%, but we're still talking about him uh, splitting those touchdown looks probably to Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, not to mention they brought in a couple of middling wide receivers. I will say they improved the wide receiver core. It's not fantastic by any means, but they definitely improved it. Um, so if you're talking about the recipe for a good tight end, you want uh, you know, you know, want a high volume, you want a high touchdown volume, um, you want no comp competition at the position. And Janu kind of misses all three of those things that you want in, in your tight end to have top 12 potential. Um, he has Hunter Henry there. He, he His scoring potential in this type of offense probably isn't that high. If he gets six, I think that would be a great season. Um, and then his volume, I'm just not excited about either. So he is definitely down there at tight end 18, which sucks because I love Janu Smith. If, if Hunter Henry wasn't there, I would be a lot higher on him for sure. Kev, what are your thoughts? Same. And, you know, obviously uh, I love Janu. Uh, I was very, very high on him last year. And um, I thought he was one of the breakout tight ends. And it was looking great for like the first five or six weeks. Like, okay, we're cooking with grease here. And then it uh, sort of fell off uh, after that. But it, it, I, I echo the same thing as you. Uh, I don't really have any like a whole lot new to put into that. Um, I just think that, Again, uh, he's probably going to, you know, cannibalize each other with him and Hunter Henry. I do think there is a scenario that uh, they are used more like a wide receiver, especially Janu, with as athletic that he is, and and they they kind of uh, go back to seeing things that we used to see, kind of the Aaron Hernandez type role, right? Uh, back in the day, uh, whenever it was Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, and I I could see him getting touches out of the backfield as well, um, but. 
I just don't know how high of a ceiling he really truly has. And, and again, unless an injury comes or this offense, unless they go to Mac Jones much sooner and then they, they decide to throw the ball at a much higher rate than I think we're expecting. So I think for the most part, lean on the defense, um, you know, and run the football I, I, I was what I would expect. So I don't think they're going to have a ton of goal line opportunity or a lot of opportunities. This isn't going to be a high scoring offense. That's going to be dropping 30 fantasy or 30 points a week and anything like that. So as, as much as it pains me, because I love Johnny Smith, the player, but I just can't really buy into – again, I just think there's guys that I would just much, much rather have. Christian, what do you got for us? Yeah, nothing you guys said isn't true. You know, I think we all like the athlete that Johnny Smith is and at times have, you know, absolutely loved him as a, as a potential breakout tight end. And, you know, I, I think all of us can agree that the Patriots are pretty gross for fantasy football. No, none of us are getting excited about starting a New England Patriot. But the Patriots paid this man a lot of money. You know, they paid him more than Hunter Henry. I think it was $50 million they gave this guy, and he only has 1,400 yards for his career receiving. You know, so clearly they see something in this guy that, that allowed them to make that type of investment in him. And you guys have already brought up the wide receiver core here. I mean, this team does not have a receiver that's going to have 1,000 yards, in my opinion. Whatever we predict the Patriots are going to do, historically, Bill Belichick has shown us that we really had no idea. You know, so I'm really just following the money here. They made a massive investment into Jonu Smith. They also made a pretty good investment into Hunter Henry, but between the two, he, he's the better athlete. He got more money. Like Kev said, he's more dynamic. He's carried the ball out of the backfield at times in his career. You know, he can line up more as a wide receiver. You know, I just like the skill set that Johnny brings to the table to do a lot of different things on the football field. And I think the Patriots value football players more so than they value, you know, fantasy players more so than any franchise in the league. So at this point where I think all the tight ends are kind of gross, I'll take the guy that just got 50 million from a team that, you know, could possibly get creative with him and, you know, put together a nice puzzle of fantasy points somehow. At this point, we're just throwing darts and I'll take the guy that just got paid $50 million. Following the money is what Christian is doing. Never a bad strategy. Guys, let's turn it over to our third and final tight end here. And that's Tyler Higby. Um, who actually is tight end eight and underdog ADP. And then we're all three lower than that. Kev, you're right behind at tight end nine. I'm at tight end 10. And then Christian, you're down there at tight end 14. So um, let, Kev, let's shoot it to you first. Um, what are your thoughts on Tyler Higby and what he can do for fancy rosters here in 2021? I'm buying this offense. I love, 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 love the Rams offense this year with Matt Stafford at quarterback. Uh, you know, it's not that far off. I mean, you go back to 2019 where Tyler Higby was, you know, top 10 in fantasy points per game, 89 targets, seventh most among all tight ends. You know, that was a that was with Gerald Everett there. And now there's there's not a you know not another real tight end that we're truly worried about or in this in this wide receiver room. And it's still, you know, the tight end that I, I am not saying whatsoever because I, I do understand that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are definitely the the two target getters here in this offense, right? And that is not going to change. They are going to get the lion's share of the targets. But I still think that there is a scenario where we see Tyler Higby get 80 to 90 targets, much like we did in 2019. He is definitely going to be uh, somebody that he looks for inside the red zone. I actually think losing Cam Akers is actually a positive for this passing game. And so I, I think, you know, I am like to the moon for this Rams offense. Stafford, Cup, Woods. Higby, like, give me all of them. I want all of this offense. I want all of the exposure to this offense because, you know, th this is exactly what we're looking for. And, and they're not that expensive either, you know. Um, I think Cup, the last time I looked, was going like fifth, sixth round, late fifth, early sixth. Uh, Woods going around earlier. And then you have Stafford going ninth, tenth round. Higby's going, you know, what, 
eighth, ninth round, somewhere right around there. And so I have no problem with doing that, especially with Jared Everett gone. And I, I just think that he's probably number three on this team in targets this year. And, you know, it is going to be a, uh, be a big time threat downside the red zone. Jared Goff is gone. Matthew Stafford, uh, I think, could have the best year of his career this year. And, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if we see a very 2018-type offense from this Rams offense back whenever, the, you know, they were kind of back to the greatest show on turf. Christian, as the low guy, kind of what's your counter? Why do you have him outside of your tight end one range? I've just never loved him as a player. Yeah, I was one of the, I was a Gerald Everett guy when they were both on the Rams. I was one that was always in Everett's corner. Um, even when it seemed Higby was, you know, the guy that was pulling ahead in that race, you know, Higby, Higby's been productive in his career, but to me, he's more like a Hunter Henry, you know, a guy we were excited about, but he kind of just, you know, stagnated at that 600 yard, four or five touchdowns and not really getting past there. But Kev brings up two great points. I mean, there are two big changes for Tyler Higby this year. Gerald Everett is gone and Matthew Stafford is in. And, and those are, are two huge changes in, in his favor. And then the Akers injury, I mean, surely that's, you know, less efficiency on the, you know, rushing in the touchdowns. Maybe maybe there's a few more passes to the tight ends in the red zone. So he's got a couple factors his, going his way. I've just never loved him as a player. So that's why he's just outside the tight end ones for me, you know. But Kev brings up a lot of good points. He, he's got a lot of factors going his way this year. Yeah, I mean, not much to add. You guys hit on it exactly correctly. And, and the biggest change I think that we need to definitely harp on is how much of a better quarterback I think Matthew Stafford is compared to Jared Goff. I mean, I think we saw Jared Goff get exposed the last couple of years and, and how much Sean McVay propped him up. And now uh, we talk about just Matthew Stafford, who's been doing a lot with a little, with not as much in, in that Detroit offense. I think, uh, you know, Jared Goff threw 20 touchdowns last year. Matthew Stafford threw 26 with 60 less attempts. Like just the the touchdown efficiency is going to go up. So we could see this offense jump from 20-ish passing touchdowns to 30-ish, right? And if no Gerald Everett is there to split those tight end targets, uh, red zone targets, I think a lot of that funnels to Tyler Higby. And, and Christian, to kind of go back to your point, I agree with you. I didn't love the talent. Everybody was propping up Tyler Higby last year be based on his five games from 2019. And I was like, well, let's pump the brakes here. Gerald Everett's there. They still have – you know, a lot of question marks and, and, but now with, with him out of the way, I mean, we have a 112 uh, targets between the two that are up for grabs and will Tyler Higby get all of those 112? No. Can he get 85 of them? Yes. I think that's absolutely in the cards. And so if he gets that, he has a high touchdown uh, potential. Um, we're talking about an offense that I think will move the football a lot better um, than, than they did with Jared Goff. I'm just excited about that offense like Kev is. I've, I'm glad we're not in a ton of leagues together because we'll be fighting for a lot of these same players. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm excited because that rest of that tight end room, we're talking about Johnny Munt, we're talking about Bryson Hopkins, Jacob Harris, who is a guy I like but not anywhere near the level right now as what Gerald Everett was. So none of those guys are commanding more than probably 25, 30 targets on their own end. So we definitely can see a, a Tyler Higby kind of re-breakout season, if you will, a re-emergence. Um, into that top eight threshold. So that's why I, I have him just inside my top. Uh, he's right at, at QB or tight end 10 for me. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that Rams offense as well. Uh, you know, buy, buy opportunity and, and buy offenses. That's that's what I care about in fantasy football. I am I am sad, I will say, that we did not cover Adam Troutman. I was really hope, looking forward to that. Me and, me and, me and uh, Christian had a very spirited debate in our Discord, uh, which you can see in the, in the, in the link over here. Um, that's, uh, you know, we have a discord channel and we'd love to see everybody over there, but, uh, we had a really, really good debate on that. I won clearly, 
um, that why Adam Troutman is a breakout tight end and somebody should be targeting in the later rounds. But I was sad that we didn't get to talk about him. You know what, Kev? I think I think we have time to give him a little bit of bonus content. So why don't we toss it over to Christian to tell us why uh, he thinks Adam Troutman's not quite as high as you have him? Let's give the the listeners a little bit of a bonus name here in Adam Troutman. All you can literally point to is that there's no one else there to catch the ball. I mean, it's not like he's even a, a great prospect or anything. I mean, he he went to Dayton. He he doesn't have high draft capital. He had 16 targets last year for the whole year. You know, a guy I love, Harrison Bryant, had two and a half times that, you know, playing behind Austin Hooper, you know. So th- this is a guy that has no competition in, in front of him, essentially, and he just hasn't done anything. I mean, he, he's 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 going so high. I guess not so high. We're talking late tight ends here. But, like, he, he's going over, you know, I don't have the tight end list in front of me. I didn't realize we were doing this bonus content. But I, I just – I'm baffled. Like, I barely even have him top 20. I mean, the guy has done absolutely nothing. He doesn't have pedigree. And it's literally just that there's no one there. That that's literally it. Like I love situations where there's no one there. I, I've I've banged the drum for Mike Davis this year, but Mike Davis has an RB one finish in his career. You know, th- this guy doesn't even have a, a season where he's had more than one target per game. Now, granted, it's only been one season, but getting on the field is important. You know, a guy like I said, like Harrison Bryant, saw the field two and a half times more than Adam Troutman did last year. Like, this this guy barely played, and I'm supposed to draft him as a top 10 tight end? Like, I haven't even seen him run routes, really. So I, I just think it's extremely premature. I, I want to see him at least, you know, have 300 yards in a season before I'm taking him in the top 10 at tight end, you know? Well, that's the great thing. You don't have to take him in the top 10. That's the great thing about Adam Troutman is that he's not going in the top 10, and so you don't have to worry about that. He's going around the 13th round, uh, according to fans football calculator. Um, and which is, you know, at that point you're, you're taking dart, you're taking, you're throwing darts. And if you decide to wait on time or if, if you, so be it, want to take it as your second tight end, you could certainly do that. But, um, the thing is though, is like, I don't know what we talk about with, with draft capital. I mean, he was a third round pick. And so it's not like he was a seventh round pick or something like that. He absolutely dominated the senior bowl. That's what, that, that's what really helped him and get picked by the third round. It's not to mention the fact that the saints literally traded all the rest of their picks to move up to get Adam Troutman. He is an athletic guy. I think the opportunity is definitely there, especially for the first five, six, seven weeks of the season, however long Michael Thomas is out, because they have nobody else to throw the ball to. It's Traquan Smith, who we've ne- we've been waiting on for years to put it all together that has never been able to do so. It's Marquez Callaway and Alvin Kamara, right? And so for Adam Troutman, I, I think you're undervaluing how – the, the level of prospect that he was. Yes, he's not a Kyle Pitts-type prospect or anything like that. He's Ian right. Thomas. Ian Thomas is who he is. Athletic Ian, tight end. Ian Thomas never – He's never, the starting never guy. He's situation. And I – like I said, I I am going to always chase opportunity, chase opportunity if it's football. Because that, that, that's you have that's, him ahead of Mike Gesicki. How is, how is he ahead of Mike Gesicki? How does that make sense? How is he ahead of who? How was Troutman ranked ahead of Mike Gesicki in your rankings? Exactly what I just said. Opportunity. Mike Gesicki doesn't have opportunity. He's the most reliable target on his team. Not whenever Fuller ahead of him. Not whenever he's going to have Devontae Parker ahead of him. Not when he could have Jalen Waddell ahead of him. Like, literally, who's going to be ahead of Adam Troutman? Who? Like, who? Who's the guy? Who's the guy we're excited about here? Like, is it is it Traquan? Is it is it Marquez Callaway? I mean, it's Alvin Kamara that enlist. And so that's what I'm buying into. And like I said, when you're buying somebody in the 13th round, you're not like the, the, all, everything else goes out the window because you're just taking shots on guys anyways there and, ho- and hope it hits. And we see it every year, though. Almost every year there's one of these tight ends, and they almost always pay off. 
like Austin Austin Hooper a couple of years ago. He was the guy. It was Austin Hooper season. We're buying Austin Hooper. He's breaking out. What did that he was do? his fourth or fifth year in the league when he broke I'm out? Just, I'm just I'm throwing I'm throwing out examples for you here. Mm-hmm. Okay, Darren Waller, same thing. Darren Waller had done nothing in his career. Whatever the hype was immense for Darren Waller. I was all about Darren Waller. Right, broke out. I could say the same thing about Julius Thomas. I was all aboard the Julius Thomas train when I was in the streets by myself clamoring for Julius Thomas, right? Because of opportunity, the offense that he was going to be on, Julius Thomas exploded and and you know won uh, people championships that year. Adam Trout is in the same situation. The same I think situation. Ian Thomas and Chris Obviously, Herndon he's not are the names Hall of Fame quarterback at Peyton Manning. But what I'm saying is, is that the opportunity, the path for opportunity is there for him. If he does not work, you just drop him and it doesn't matter. Right, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt anything because most of these guys you draft 12th, 13th, 14th round, you're dropping anyway. So I'm going to take a shot. If I decide to wait on tight end, right, I will take a shot on Adam Troutman breaking out in 2021 and the, with the opportunity that he's going to have. It's that simple, right? When you bring up Harrison Bryant, Harrison Bryant's in a, in a situation where Austin Hooper is still there and Odell Beckham is still there. Well, yeah, and, and to be Landry clear, I wouldn't there. take Harrison Bryant over Adam Troutman to redraft this year. I'm just telling well, I'm you. Just saying you brought Harrison Bryant is a guy in the same class that I just had don't care. two and a half and times the amount of targets Troutman did last year. I don't care what he did last year. I don't, As he's the a seventh guy end. in pecking order in Cleveland. We always – like, listen, most, most, most tight ends don't do dick their first year anyway, right? Nothing. And so we're, I'm not worried about what he did last year. I don't care that he only had 16 targets. None of that matters to me. All I care about is the opportunity that lays before him right now. They they clearly feel, feel good about him. They did not bring anybody else in. They did nothing to improve that uh, that, that, that that position. Had no money. They they absolutely love him. They yeah, and, with the with the, and game at the cost you're getting, getting him again. You're not you're, you you just said it. You're not taking risks taking him that late. If you love him, take him. I just I would rather take Mike Kosicki at that point. Like like why am I taking him over Mike Kosicki? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'll kind of finish this out because I think that's. The, the difference and why we have this ranking, right? It's it, We're not talking about where you can get this guy. We're, we're talking about where we have him ranked, right? Like we think this guy for Kev is going to be a top 10 tight end where I think I'm, I'm a little bit more on, on Christian's side where Kev, there's nobody there. I don't think we realize how bad this offense can actually be. Like we're, we're used to the Saints being this great offense. We have no Drew Brees. We have no Michael Thomas. We, we, we literally have nobody. Traquan Smith and Adam Troutman are leading the, this receiving uh, crew. And I think this, this, we've seen a lot of times where we're like, oh, he's the only guy in town. It's like, well, this offense is going to be absolutely terrible. If he scores three or four touchdowns, it'll be amazing, right? Like they, they could have that season where they only have a Daniel Jones 11 passing touchdown season, uh, 11 passing touchdowns on the season. So that's where I, I'd ca- say a little bit of caution to the only show in town argument is because this could just be a very bad offense. Um, and I don't know who the quarterback is. So that could go either way. But um, th- there's definitely the volume and, and the potential could be there, um, but the efficiency, the, the touchdown potential, I think is where I might side a little bit more with Christian. But I do think we gave uh, the listeners a little bit of that that bonus content that they needed. We took the gloves off. That's why they need to hop in the Discord. That stuff happens every day. I feel like I feel like me and Christian uh, at least once a week, if not more, uh, battle out on something. A lot of times it's Missouri versus Tennessee, but you know. We've had that debate like three different times. I get excited when I meet fans of other shitty teams in the SEC. It's like, oh, yes, a non-Alabama or Georgia fan. This is great. Coming to you next, we will have uh, a college edition of the TFA uh, live show here. So 
Um, we're going to close this out. So we talked about three tight ends plus a little bit of extra content here of guys that we view differently. And we, we told you guys about the, the good and the bad of some of these players. So we hope uh, you guys jump into the comments. Tell us why you think uh, a certain player will be better or worse for, for fantasy teams here in 2021. And stay tuned because we have the quarterbacks and the, the running backs, which we're excited to get into. Um, there's going to be a lot of disagreements, I think, in those two positions as well. So keep it locked in on the TFA airwaves here. See you next time. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime checking account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.